Welcome to the Scientific Sense podcast, where we explore emerging ideas from science, policy, economics, and technology. My name is Gil Epen. We talk with world's leading academics and experts about their recent research or general areas of topical interest. Scientific Sense is an unstructured conversation with no agenda or preparation. We cover a wide variety of domains where new discoveries are made and new technologies are developed on a daily basis. We are most interested in how new ideas affect society and help educate the world how to pursue a rewarding and enjoyable life rooted in science, logic, and information. We seek knowledge without boundaries or constraints and provide unedited content of conversations with researchers and leaders who love what they do. A companion blog to this podcast can be found at scientificsense.com and this podcast is available on over a dozen platforms and directly at scientificsense.net. If you have suggestions for topics, guests, and other ideas, please send them to info at scientificsense.com and I can be reached at gil at epen.info. My guest today is Professor Zazo Domazik, who is a professor of electrical engineering and the head of the Laboratory of Information Technology at the University of Ljubljana, Slovenia. He has authored or co-authored more than 200 scientific papers in the field of ICT and signal processing. However, since 2006, uh, when he predicted in his lectures at several conferences, the crisis that occurred two years later, Keith has been engaged in research on the causes of economic crises and the measures that would be necessary to prevent them in the future. Welcome, Sazo. Hello. Welcome to you, too. Thank you. Um, so I want to discuss your book uh, entitled Imagine Nonprofit Society, Utopia or Necessity. Uh, rather than starting at the beginning of the book, I would like to go to part two of the book, where you have some suggested solutions for problems you describe. But before you get there, let's define the problem to set the context for the solutions that you suggest. You say to avoid constantly recurring crises, wars and ecological disasters in the future, and I guess you can add pandemics to it now, uh, the world urgently needs a transition from the current socioeconomic system, which is based on the profit of capital, towards a new system that will be based on different uh, foundations to, you say, a non-profit socioeconomic system or, or uh, more simplistically, a non-profit society. So you want to talk a bit about, uh, you know, the, the problems uh, and to set the context for some of the solutions that you suggest? Yes, of course. Uh, I think that from just physical parts of uh, view, the current economic system is unsustainable. That's the problem. Uh, this system, as it is, for it, it to function well, it needs economic growth. Yeah. But economic growth is exponential. So, uh, for instance, 
about 2% yearly economic growth is required for this system to normally function. Mm. But in 100 years, it means 10 folds. In 200 years, it's been 100 folds. In 300 years, it is 1,000 folds. Mm. So at this growth, we will need in 300 years a thousand times more energy than we use now, and this is impossible. That uh, that presumes, uh, Sasso, that uh, we don't get efficiencies from new technologies and so on. So, you know, energy equation today largely driven by fossil fuels. Um, you know, maybe in fifty years we would completely change that equation, perhaps. Uh, no, this uh, I cannot agree with this. You know. Uh, this uh, growth has two parts. Yeah. It's part of uh, production and part of consumption. Mm. Already today, we cannot consume everything that is produced. Can right. we consume thousand times more or million times more in 400 years? Mm. It's impossible. So, yeah, so your argument is that there's a limit to how much humans can consume so any system that is predicated on a 2% growth in consumption has to, uh, has to temper that or come to a halt at some point. Yes, that's true. Also, production and consumption, they're just two parts of the same equation, you know. Also, uh, we cannot accept uh, to, for instance, today, uh, a person... Uh, nearly every person in this world has one mobile device. Mm. So in 200 years, they will have 100 devices each, and in 1,000 years, 100 million devices. It's impossible, you know. That's just... Uh, uh, my idea is that the system which requires growth is fantastic, uh, to the point where there is not enough of uh, everything. But when uh, we reach the point where there is already too much, you know, there is so much advertising needed today, not to produce, but to sell it, because we can produce much more than we can sell. Right. And so, 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 let's, so the, the argument is around consumption that cannot grow infinitely uh, like, like uh, the economy uh, apparently is assuming. Uh, but there is, you have larger issues, right? So even tactically, not even going 100 years, even, you know, uh, the contemporary situation, you say, you know, you take the 8.5 billion people that we have, 1 billion, you call the golden billion, uh, has a living standard, but the the, the remaining 7.5 billion people can only dream of the golden billion standard of living. And so we, you know, we have a big issue even today that is sort of, um, uh, you know, people put into two different buckets, right? Yes, it, it's true. It's also the same problem because when the profit is the only motive uh, for yeah. doing something, uh, the capital accumulates in one uh, one point, you know. Now, uh, at this moment, five person has a financial capital 
uh, like the other half of human population. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's growing, you know. <laughs> right. So, so you, are, you are saying that such a system is inherently unstable. Um, and so as we think about solutions around this, you know, so, so conceptually at the highest level, Sasa, you're saying, yeah, we can conceive some solutions, but you can't really implement them uh, because you say human consciousness is a stumbling block uh, to, you know, any sort of new ideas that you can implement. And so, so what do you mean by human consciousness? I mean, this, uh, uh, I, I, would say also public opinion in a loud sense, you know, what people think, what people believe, what people think it's good, uh, what should be done. And, uh, you know, all this uh, mechanism of advertising uh, certain ideas yeah. uh, make people believe that the, the, the current system is the best possible system. They don't even realize that it's, it is unstable. Right. Yeah, it's also, uh, let, me, let me make a statement and we can, we can debate uh, if it's true or not. You know, we don't really have much data to say that humans are very different from animals. Um, you know, 50,000 years of human evolution got us to a point that our objective functions are reasonably similar to animal an animal's uh, objective function, I would argue, uh, which basically takes an energy and a need to perpetuate the genes. And so, so you seem to have some <laughs> uh, expectations of humans here. Of course I have. I think <laughs> that uh, humans still, uh, I don't know, humans the, are the only animals uh, which uh, can construct things. Maybe you have some uh, ants, they construct. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, to produce new ideas, new technology, to have philosophy, to have uh, all these things, it's uh, just another level of consciousness. I don't say that uh, animals are not conscious, but mm. the levels of consciousness are different for animals for, uh, and for uh, human beings. Okay, so you, know, so you, you call it collective consciousness, um, and you say, uh, so a gradual transition towards a non-profit society, that is the solution that we're going to discuss in detail, uh, requires a change in the collective consciousness. Uh, a nonprofit society cannot be based on negative values, you say, such as egoism, greed, envy, and competitiveness, which are the key drivers of progress in capitalism. And you want to replace the human traits uh, in the solidarity, cooperation, honor, uh, honesty, mutual respect, understanding, tolerance, and personal integrity. Uh, when we look around, do we have any indication that these values, uh, humans are progressing toward these values? Oh yes, we have. You, we, we have. For instance, when some disaster happens, like earthquake or flood or something like that, yeah. humans help one another. They, most people. I, I mean, most people are good. There are some uh, psych, psycho, psychopaths or uh, sociopaths, but it's small percentage. 
Yeah. In normal, uh, people are good, but they they are educated in different ways. I think that education is very important in this matter. You know, if you uh, you are educated in sport, be competitive, uh, beat this one, be better than he is. Not be good, be better. <laughs> you know, there's a big, big difference. Yes, yes. And, you know, you point out some empirical data. So you say in the ancient Rome, as well as much later in the U.S., slavery was taken for granted and in no way controversial. Um, and owing to the gradual shift in the collective consciousness, slavery came, came to be deemed unacceptable and was ultimately abolished. So you, you have some, you know, sort of long-term uh, longitudinal data that says, you know, things that we believe today that could be uh, essentially maybe deemed completely unacceptable in the future. And so what you're saying is that it's worth thinking about, uh, you know, really different ways to organize society and, and, uh, and have the characteristics of a modern society. Yes, maybe some uh, some uh, people will say I'm communist. I'm I don't know what, uh, <laughs> but they uh, they just uh, have wrong idea. Stalinism yeah. was not communism, you know. That's mm. uh, Stalinist uh, dictatorship. It right. was it had nothing to do with communism. So that's why I avoid the. Uh, term communism. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, still one of the best analyses of economic system was uh, Marx Capital. Mm -hmm. uh, he made uh, one mistake. <laughs> uh, uh, he said that you come to socialism or communism with revolution. It's a big, big mistake. Mm -hmm. Why? Because uh, People who perform, who lead revolution, are usually sociopaths. Hmm. And then they come to the power, you know, and it cannot work. It's, uh, uh, I think that something can happen only through really people understanding that that is good for them. Yeah. That's not bad for them, that's good for them, you know, also for the leaders. Good kings in the past mm. knew that if people are happy, they, they will be good. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so let's get into some prescriptive ideas that you have uh, from, um, um, from an improvement perspective. So one axis uh, that you discuss in detail is monetary reform. And you say one of the first steps toward a more stable system should be in changing the method of issuing money. Uh, central banks would take over the right to create new money from commercial banks and have a high degree of independence from governments and controlling the amount of money in circulation. So you want, you want to essentially take the power away from central banks uh, who essentially create money through the mul multiplier effect um, that is afforded to them uh, by, by the current system uh, and you say new money would no longer be issued as loans, but transferred directly into the state budget as grant funds uh, from the central bank. So do you, want to, do you want to talk a bit in detail about, um, you know, the, the components of monetary reform that you're suggesting? Yes, uh, it's uh, also, there is uh, maybe one organization, New Money Foundation in London, 
Yeah. They uh, really evaluate this system, but uh, it's basically simple. Uh, new money, new money is produced from nothing. You know, that, so where is the reason that uh, the state, which has central bank, and uh, the central bank is owned by the state or the country, yeah. and this bank issue new money from nothing and then state owes this bank money it's mm. it's illogical but th that's not the main problem the main problem is that this new money money is issued for interest mm -hmm. so if central bank issue 1 million euros and requires 2 millions back where, where can the state get these 2 millions if central bank only printed 1 million Mm -hmm. You know, it's impossible. This uh, this uh, loan is non cannot be repaid. There is no way, theoretical way, to repay this uh, debt. And uh, if you uh, there is some site uh, world debt clock, when you see that this uh, world debt is increasing every second, <laughs> and now it's about uh, two hundred trillions dollars. Right. So there, there are two issues there, right? So, so if I understand it correctly, one is the multiplier effect that commercial banks essentially create, let's call it fake money, um, uh, you know, uh, based on the uh, based on the central bank issued uh, currency. Uh, you want you don't want to have that. You want to take that out of the equation. So you want the federal bank, uh, sorry, the the central bank. Uh, issued currency go directly to the states uh, and and then get allocated uh, really from a portfolio management perspective get allocated into uh, into societal um, goals um, and the other aspect you say is that the the, the interest equation um, that we have in the system uh, which is Primarily, the, the banks have a differential in interest, right, between the depositors. Depositors get almost nothing, uh, and uh, whoever is taking the loan end up paying an interest back to the, back to the bank. So, so you want to eliminate both of these things, right? Uh, yes, but it's not just that, that the depositor has lower interest than the bank. Yeah. The problem is that the bank creates money from nothing. You know, yes. when you take a loan in a bank, they just write a number in your account, nothing else. Yeah. They want interest for this money. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's really crazy, but it <laughs> is so. Yeah. So, so it's uh, no way that this debt, it can be only... Uh, Forgot the banks forgot this debt, and uh, and that's what happens in crisis. So crises are necessary, right? And and uh, you cite a you know a, a real situation uh, with the EU, um, where you know essentially the the formation of the EU uh, took away the monetary uh, flexibility that all the EU states had, right? So now you have a situation where some states are going to fail 
and essentially um you know get bailed out by by the system yes it's already happened you know it's happened to greece it's happened to spain it's happened to uh, you know, uh, they bankrupt uh, nearly. So they had now to take big loan and big, uh, you know, these uh, measures, uh, which are some uh, totally insensible measures, you know, because yeah. in this uh, austerity, in this system is uh, crazy. But I, I, I am for austerity, but for this system, when we need economic growth, austerity does not help. Right, right. And so in your suggested um, new way of doing this, there are two major attributes. Um, the new money that central banks create to control its circulation should be deposited directly into state budgets as DAN funds rather than loans, you say. And governments would then put this money into circulation by spending it for the purpose of covering part of their obligations. And so in the EU context, um, you know, the, the central bank uh, essentially gives allocations to the various members of the EU. Yes. Uh, so in my, uh, my, no, it would be like, you know, there are some great projects in EU, some Horizon 2020 or other projects which are financed by uh, EU. Mm. And this, uh, so now states have to pay uh, to Europe so that there is this budget. Mm. But if uh, the new money would be created in this way, uh, this will reduce payments needed from countries uh, for different states to pay to the EU. And this money could be used for those big project, research project, or whatever, you know, is in agenda of uh, European Commission. Yeah. And so you want to sort of take away the middleman there. Uh, and, and also, uh, you want commercial banks, you say, would no longer be able to issue loans that are not based on money received from central banks. So, you know, the sort of the fake money that they create should not exist. Commercial banks would be prevented from issuing new money as loans, which now makes up about 95% of the total amount of money in circulation. And so in both cases, you're basically taking away the middleman, right? Uh, central yeah. bank directly to the state. Yeah. Yes, I take middleman because now you see, we have a real sector and we have financial sector. Mm. Real sector, real economy produces something, some goods, some services, whatever. And we have financial sector which does nothing. But uh, real sector owes to financial sector. Is it logical? It is not. Mm. Yeah, the problem is always implementation. So, you know, you say, unfortunately, it's doubtful that the set reform or any other like it will happen in the EU. Uh, to begin with, it would require the consensus of all, all Eurozone member states, an agreement that will be near impossible to reach without a proper shift in the collective consciousness. And so, you know, in some sense, you're saying society has to grow up before, before you can get here. Yes, that, that is the reason I wrote this book. Some, some, some people may understand more what is really happening and what would be better 
and that there, there are better ways to function you know this this is the main reason yeah yeah and along the same lines you know so the other uh, part of this uh, puzzle uh, you know you say say system in which money is used strictly as a medium of exchange rather than capital may be established in parallel to the existing monetary system and we have actually an example of this right in uh, switzerland yes uh... We have many examples of this, but these are all small regional uh, things. The, uh, the greatest is uh, YIR Bank in Switzerland, yeah. which, uh, which uh, does money, lends money without interest. You know, it's uh, money, uh, this is special, seems it's called local trade exchange system. Well, money have the role the money should have, only as mean of exchange. You know, to understand this, you yeah. know, you, you just have to have two, one who is selling and one who is buying. Mm -hmm. And now there is no money. What, what can he do? For instance, one buy something and he wrote a IOU note. Yeah. And this IOU note, the other person can give it back and get something back for this IOU note. So mm -hmm. this IOU note is basically money. Yes. And the LED system works just like that. You know, the total amount of money in such a system is zero. Right. Some right. owes some are old, you know, and uh, when, when there is uh, no uh, no debt, the, the money in the system is zero. And it appears as it is needed. Whenever it's needed, it appears and disappears when it's needed. It's not needed anymore. Yeah, so it's sort of a bartering, uh, going back to WIR Bank in Switzerland, it's sort of a bartering system, uh, but whatever is being bartered is given a value, and that value is then kept in a ledger, right? Yeah. So, so you have something like 45,000 small and medium-sized enterprises and around 15,000 individuals transacting there. So it's not a small, uh, small system, and you no. say it's, it's pretty easy to set up, yeah. Yes, it's quite a big system, but uh, in uh, in the scope of a world monetary system, it's tiny. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, if you uh, all, you see the old monetary system, it represents about seven or five percent of Swiss trade, mm. something like that, uh, and it's only Swiss trade. You know, so it's not big, but it's it's large. You know. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's function. And what is interesting, in times of crisis, financial crisis, the percentage of using this system uh, increased. Mm. You know? And when there is no crisis, it decrease, decreases. You know? mm. So that's why uh, Swiss uh, didn't, was not affected with those financial crises. Yeah, I that's mean, so. All enterprises, you know, usually small enterprises are affected with this crisis, and mm. 
in uh, Swiss did, did, didn't happen. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, it, it's sort of, um, I don't want to call it a shadow system, but it, it offers flexibility to the financial system. Uh, the way that WIR is working, uh, they have they have sort of their own currency, right? It's uh, it's really for an accounting currency, um, WIR France CHW, yeah. and as you say, uh, it kicks into gear when there is a discontinuity and there is you know uh, the, the 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 financial system can really cope with that discontinuity. You can go to the basics here. Uh, which is uh, really putting a value on the on the on the real asset that is being transacted, uh, and then keeping that value in the ledger rather than issuing money. You, you don't uh, in this system. You, you did, don't, don't even need uh, nothing in ledger. You know, uh, just uh, it's just uh, you just everybody. Uh, issue his own money, you know. When you uh, write I owe you note, yeah, you issued money, right. And when you get this I you note back, you destroy it. You destroy this money. You know, it's go, it's out. But somebody has to keep the the records, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That that's the uh, that's the role of the bank in this system. Right. It's uh, basically a notary service, which just takes records who owes whom how much. Right. And as you say, uh, again, you know, for a, such a system to be in place, many details still need to be clarified, such as collaterals for non-performing loans, the method of limiting negative and positive account balances, ensuring investment funds, and so forth. You say, luckily, most of these details have already been worked out by the WIR bank. So it's a functioning functioning bank and it has been for a long time right yes i think that the most of these problems were uh, were already solved and there is also many small systems for instance around kim z one professor issued uh, money like that and they have local trade in this system so uh, i think yes if you go larger I, I'm sure that some problem would occur, but I, I mean that they're easier solve as the problem of interest and exponentially growth. Right, right. Um, the, I want to jump into another item that you talk about. You say capitalism has built in positive feedbacks, which make it unstable. Uh, to restore stability of the economic system. It's therefore necessary to terminate the positive feedback process. And you suggest uh, progressive, progressive tax on profit um, reduces that positive feedback. Uh, but you also suggest sort of a progressive tax on earnings. You want to talk a bit about that? Yes. Uh, you know, this is also from... Uh, uh, I, I normally, my job is... Uh, analyzing systems and stability of systems, you know, in digital signal processing and uh, in, uh, the systems which have positive feedback. You know, if the output positively affects input to increase it and then it increases output, it increases input and it becomes unstable. Mm. And uh, let's, let's first uh, see what is positive feedback in this system. 
uh, one interest. You yeah. know, capital, interest increases, is more capital, more interest, more capital, more interest. You know, this is typical positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Another positive feedback is uh, uh, labor market. You know, uh, when uh, when everything is good, people had good jobs, have money, they buy uh, the, the new jobs. But when when it becomes uh, turns over, people are losing jobs. They have no money. More people is losing job. Let the less people has money, more people loses job, and it goes down. You know, this right. is typical positive feedback. Okay. Okay. And so your suggestions, um, you know, most countries have some sort of progressive tax on, on, uh, on profits. Um, you are suggesting also a progressive tax on earnings, not just on profits, to sort of dampen the positive feedback effect. Yes, uh, I, uh, I even suggest more, not only positive ta- ta- taxes, some profit, but avoiding profit at all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, but not in uh, accountant definition of profit, because uh, accountant definition of profit, they said, oh, we have profit and now we pay workers more. No, it's, <laughs> they earned it, you know. Uh, it's uh, the profit is uh, which when you, cover all expenses and pay all workers and all are good paid but, uh, and also you uh, have amortization of your machines or buildings or everything what's left mm-hmm. this is profit you know <laughs> uh, and this is this is more than you earned profit is more than you earned with your work or mm-hmm. what what they're doing. So uh, this profit is problematic because it's it's positive feedback. You know, right. this is positive feedback. Right. Uh, okay. So okay. Uh, avoiding profits. So that's uh, the name non-profit society. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and also uh, this, uh, as you said, uh, uh, taxation of income. Yes. It's a negative uh, feedback because if you earn, 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 you come to a certain level and then you don't want because taxes are becoming too high, you know. So you limit uh, uh, some roof how much you can earn. Right, right. Um, So another aspect which I find very compelling is uh, strengthening social security. Uh, and social security in the in the larger context here, not just social security in the U.S. Um, and and then you say here, you know, countries with high level of social security have far less crime. In this day and age, there should be no difficulty in meeting the basic needs of the entire global population. Social security might be strengthened by minimizing profits, um, but. Um, you know, one of the one of the areas that there are a lot of debates, as you know, uh, both in the U.S. and elsewhere, uh, is this idea of universal basic income. Yeah. Um, and um, you cite actually um, an experiment that was done in Canada, right? Uh, and 
the data was there, but only recently the data was analyzed. You want to talk a little, little bit about that, DOF, DOF in Canada? Yes, this was uh, experiment, very successful experiment. I must mention that now a new experiments ongoing. I don't mm. know yet results, but I believe they will be good. But in this, uh, uh, all expectation that uh, people will not work when they get uh, a basic income, it's it's uh, it's proved to be false. Mm. The Work hours for men fall about two or three percent. I don't know by heart, and for women a little more because they have uh, they have to care for their child. Yeah. So, but it was a minimum uh, minimum uh, drop of uh, work hours. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, this does not hold, and uh, people. Uh, all results uh, of this experiment were very positive, but were abundant because, you know, there were other interests. Yeah, so th this was something that was done a long time ago, like 1973, 1977, and yeah. um, the, the UBI uh, was, uh, you know, quite small, $350 per person. And uh, if you look at the data now, um, you know, during that four-year time period where the experiment was run, uh, you know, you say that, um, the, that there were a lot of positive effects, uh, such as children improved their school performance, uh, number of hospitalizations uh, declined sharply, a significant drop in domestic violence, mental illnesses. Uh, and, and so all those positive effects uh, exist, and you know the the challenge against UBI sometimes, as you say, is people just will stop working. Was proven to be untrue uh, because you saw only about one percent fewer working hours uh, for men, only about five percent fewer working hours among women. So it, it seems like you know the the supporters of UBI, what they say is actually borne out in this experiment. Yes, it is, and now. I, I say, I think that uh, I don't know now by heart, I have no data here, but, but I think in Finland is now performed such experiment and, and in Netherlands, I think. Yeah. But uh, and uh, I think that they will get to similar results. Uh, there were also other experiments, for instance, in uh, much before, I don't know by heart the dates, but they give uh, homeless people some amount of money mm -hmm. in London. I yeah. think it was in London. Uh, and they, they improve their life. They get work. They get, uh, they, they were no more homeless people, you know. Mm -hmm. So all those experiments shows that uh, the, also, uh, I don't know, uh, Bowling for Columbine. If you saw that movie, yeah, uh, there, uh, uh, the the director Moore shows that can countries with more social security has less crime. Mm. Very simple. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean there, there are two issues. One is um, sort of the initial conditions. Uh, it's really difficult to go from absolutely nothing to $100,000 in net worth. 
it's actually a lot easier, almost infinitesimally or infinitely uh, easier, I should say, uh, to go from 100,000 to 1 billion. And that is not something that's well understood. So there is an initial conditions problem. Uh, yeah. And then there is, uh, you know, the, the, the stream of income, which is sort of the downside risk management aspect, right? If you, if you continuously worry about the downside risk, it's going to show up in the healthcare expenses. It's going to show up in all sorts of societally bad things. And so if you, if you have that downside protection, you actually gain a lot, lot from it societally, right? Uh, I didn't quite understand what you wanted to tell. Uh, why? Uh, can you elaborate a little more? I didn't quite yeah. understand. Yeah, so the first thing, you know, about initial conditions, meaning somebody who does not have anything is going to have great difficulty to climb out of it. Oh, yeah. um, you know, which is the homeless uh, situation that you described. Yeah. Uh, no, the, no other... my, the idea, uh, now I can see, the idea is that you just provide the basic, uh, the basic uh, level of decent living to everybody, yeah. you know, not uh, some high standard or some, you know, jets in uh, islands and whatever, uh, airplanes, but basic living. And... In this uh, state of technology, which is on Earth now, it is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, uh, you talk about many of the things that people are thinking about uh, where we have what economists will call market failures. And they are things like healthcare, um, expensive schooling, public transportation, um, and you know, if, if these uh, sort of things exist uh, in the, in the, you know, sort of the downside risk management um, system, then people can, people can get healthy, they can get educated, and it, it will, it has significant societal returns in the long run, right? So, you know, <laughs> what people say is that these things are costly, but they're not just looking at they're not looking at the entire system cost in the long run, I think. Yes, of course. You know, this idea that something is costly, mm. it's wrong. It's only money, money which is produced by banks from nothing. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yes, you know, you want to build something. You need people who build it. And now you, you have people, you have material, but bank that, that do not give you money and you have, I cannot build it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so Sasso, in conclusion, um, so you have a set of ideas here. Uh, we know some of the problems that exist. It's not just one country, it's all around the world. Um, you have you yourself said that some sort of social consciousness, uh, an enhancement and increase in social consciousness is needed before some of these ideas could go into implementation. Uh, where do you think uh, we will be in say five years, 10 years down the road? 
It's really hard to say. Many <laughs> things are happening around the world. You know, uh, if you see, uh, let's say, 20 or 30 years ago, mm. nobody knew the word ecology, ecologic. Yeah. Then the idea slowly grow, grow, grow. And now everybody talks, it's ecology, ecology, food, uh, you know, everything be aware of pollution and so on. You know, it's slowly, slowly growing. There are some, uh, it's spreading around slowly, but it, do, it does, it does. Mm. So, so you are, you're optimistic that... I, I, I hope that the, those who, who, are, who are in power will not block it too much, you know? Uh, you you look at the U.S., United yeah. States. The people who are really in need, they have no money, they have social problems. They vote against free schools, against free <laughs> healthcare, against uh, uh, universal income. Right. It's you, you know that's that's the consciousness. <laughs> Yeah, that's consciousness. That's also back to what you said before, which is education. Yeah. And so, you know, we often hear, for example, people are people are okay with Affordable Care Act, but they don't like Obamacare. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, which is uh, which is the same thing as you know in the United States. So, yeah. um, you know, the the politicians spin it, and. Uh, it's very easy to get large number of people believe in something yeah. without really understanding what they're believing in. Yes, they, this was uh, during the uh, Gehring in the uh, Second World War said, if you say some lie three times, it becomes true. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, this has been great, Sasso, and uh, thanks so much for spending time with me. Thank and, you for uh, inviting me. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with uh, with what you're doing here. It's very important. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.